regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. I am Jacques Hopkins, your host here. And normally, there's a co-host with me, Dr. K, who is a lot of fun to be part of this podcast with me. But he's not here today. He's actually out this week. So one thing I thought we could do for this week's podcast episode is share with you guys, the podcast listener, what it's like inside the Next Level Courses Q&A. Next Level Courses is one of the programs that I offer here at The Online Course Show and theonlinecourseguy.com. I've been doing it for a while now. And technically, it's for those that already have a course and are looking to take it to the next level. It's a mastermind of sorts. There's about 70 people in there. And one of the main things that you get is Q&A sessions, group coaching with me and you know the other people in the group. And we do that pretty much once a week. And so we are actually doing that right now. I'm recording this right now, our weekly Q&A. And I thought it'd be fun to share with you, the podcast listener, what one of these sessions is like. So that's what we're doing here today. Hopefully, you can get some insights. You can get some inspiration and motivation to move forward with your online course business. That's one of my goals is, is I have gotten a lot of feedback from others that just listening to the coaching sessions, the group coaching is good, uh, good for, for your own business, even if you don't participate. So that's, that's goal one. And goal two is if you're on the fence about next level courses, maybe this will convince you one way or another, whether it's right for you, because this is one of the main things you get as a member of next level courses. So the way this works is, and for those listening and for those here with me live, there's a lot of regulars here, but there are some new people too. I answer questions. I give you advice based on what would I do in your shoes? I don't give legal advice. I'm not saying that anything that I say here is guaranteed to work by any means. I'm not even saying it's the best possible thing you could do. I'm saying that if you want my advice, if you want to know what I would do if I were in your shoes, that's that's what I'm going to tell you here today. So uh, everybody that's in line here, I'm going to bring you on one at a time and we'll do our you know, five, 10 minute session together. To start out with, for the benefit of everybody, as usual, please tell us your niche, a little bit about your course, and then tell me what you're kind of struggling with. Tell me, tell me where you are now, where you want to be, and then I will do my best to help you with what I would do to get there. So uh, one of our regulars here is first. Christy, I'm going to go ahead and bring you on. So normally, once I click on somebody, it takes them 10 or 20 seconds to go through the necessary testing of audio and video to go ahead and come back in. So Christy is currently in no man's land while we wait for her to come back. But that's how these Q&As work is I will simply answer and give advice based on what I would do in that particular situation. And you can do with it what you want. So first up today is one of our regulars. Hi, Christy. Hey, Jacques. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you. Yep. Niche course. Niche course. Oh, right. Hey, you're already starting with that. Um, so <laughs> my name is Christy Dranginis, and my niche is uh, birds. I help inspire and teach people how to learn more about birds. Um, I have a book that uh, Jacques inspired uh, and helped me to, I guess, create the the initial idea for. 
and helped me along in the process quite a bit um, as that was being produced about a year ago. And it's been super successful. It just filled this like perfect niche in my business that was a big missing. And uh, yeah, so it's been awesome. And for this morning, my reason for being on is that two things. One, I think I gave you all an update last week um, because you've been following along in my progress with increasing the price of my master's course. And so I increased it, whatever, like a couple months ago now, quite a bit. Uh, It's a couple thousand dollars now. And I was very nervous at first to do that. Um, And with Jacques' encouragement and a few other people, I did that. Had a bunch of my current students sign up um, and just accept the offer. They were stoked to do it. And then um, I was invited to speak on a webinar um, last week with this woman that I've done some work with in the past. And she has a similar clientele, very different. We're all in this, like the traditional skills world. Like, so um, as she, she teaches people how to brain tan buckskin and make clothing with it. And um, she was just recently on one of the big shows called Alone, the Alone Show. It's a, or, uh, Nat, what's it called? Not Nat Geo. It might be a Nat Geo show. I don't know, History Channel. That's what it is on the History Channel. And she made it pretty far. And so she's got a big following. Anyway, the kind of people that she was bringing on, I really thought would be aligned with my kind of work. And so I normally don't do this. I normally don't promote or pitch my master's course to people I haven't previously worked with because it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I thought, I was like, you know, I think her crew is our people that I could, I could really work with. And so anyway, at the end of my talk, I, I announced my master's course and I just inspired people about it. And I had two people sign up for an interview. And last week I had one gentleman sign up for the course. And then this week, I just found out this morning that the second woman who um, did the interview with me accepted the master's course. These are two people I've never worked with before that were both like, yeah, let's do it, you know? So it's just huge. It's like, it's really a game changer for me. And it's, yeah, it's changed a lot for for me and how I I navigate the, my business right now. It's allowed me, I'm in this interesting sort of like middle ground. And that's the reason I wanted to come on and ask you my question today. So one was just to give you that update to tell you like, yes, I got more students. This is great. Um, But the other is, um, yeah, just to say that I'm sort of in this middle place, like for so long, I've been in this place in my business where I was just like struggling to keep up, you know, just trying to make ends meet and like just taking care of business, like whatever was in front of me, like I would do it. And now I'm in this place where I'm in a position where I can plan, you know, so I can plan for the future, plan ahead, um, anticipate what's coming. And so I'm doing that planning, but I also still need to take care of the things that are like happening every day. And, and so one thing I don't think I've gotten super good at yet. Um, and Russell, there's a video, I don't know, it's one of the kajillion different videos that he's got, but it's one of these videos where a guy came on and was just talking about, you know, being going to that next level in your business and continuing to go to the next level and then the next level and the next level. And so he had it in like these categories and he was saying like the first sort of level of success in business, um, you sort of know you've reached that place when you can just like kind of follow the schedule, like do, do what needs to be done. And I feel like I am maybe at that place right now where I want to be doing that. I want to have consistency in my business. I want to be like, Okay, on Mondays, this is what I do. On Tuesdays, you guys get a YouTube video from me. On Wednesdays, like whatever. And I know that you've mentioned that before. You've talked about, at least maybe a couple years ago, I think even, you talked about the schedule that you follow. You know, you're just like, yeah, on Monday at from nine to this time, I 
do my bookkeeping or I go through my records or I sit down with my team and like whatever it is. And I, I just, I think I'm just looking for some coaching, I suppose, to just to help me in that, on that path. Cause I, it's like, I want it for myself, but I think what I find is that every day there's just so much that I still need to do on just like a management of my course sort of practice that I don't necessarily like those other things that haven't made it into my schedule yet, like just kind of get pushed off. And like for weeks now, I've been pushing off my YouTube schedule. It's like, I want, I know that's the next thing I want to do. I want to get a YouTube schedule going, but like, I keep pushing it off. I'm just like, I don't have time to do that right now. I don't have time to put that in my schedule yet. You know? I completely, completely, completely understand. And as you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I love this question. There's a lot I would like to address in what you've said. I just love talking to you, Christy. You, I mean, birding, first of all, your niche, right? When people, like if I get interviewed on other podcasts or just people in passing say, what, what are some of the interesting niches that you've come across? Because a lot of courses out there are like, how to start an online business, how to start an online course. But like, there are real people out there like you that are passionate about this very niche thing that teach other people that are very passionate about this very niche thing. I didn't even know what birding was until we met. Apparently, there's like a whole mainstream movie about it, which I've since watched. What was that movie? With yeah, like- it's, oh, it's called The Big Year. It's with the Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah, it's super. Definitely not the kind of birding I do. <laughs> it's like that. There are a lot of people like that, you know? Yeah. But you, I mean, you're just such an inspiration. I mean, you've got a six figure business. You're, you're, you're helping people all over with birding. Like it's, and you're passionate about it. They're passionate about it. It's so, so cool. You recently raised your price of your kind of main offer. And, um, and we've talked about this in recent weeks, but just, just for the podcast listeners, I want them to know that you sell your course in a very interesting way. It's something I've never really seen before, but I've talked plenty of times about selling the course, like, selling your course over the phone, especially a higher ticket item, like yours is around $2,600, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. But you're actually selling it like on a video call and you're kind of doing your your webinar one-on-one to people. Yeah. But to me, like that's very inefficient in a lot of ways, but that just goes to show you're passionate about this. And I think a lot of people in like a money-making niche wouldn't go take the time to do that. But it's it's obviously converting very, very well. And congratulations on those two recent sales that you made from people who didn't know that who you were a week or two ago. Yeah. I have no relationship with them at all. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And then, um, since, since the podcast is on my mind right now, by the way, like me and you met because you came on the podcast. Yeah, totally. And I forget, cause I think it was your assistant that found me. Cause I asked you, I was like, how did you even find me? And you're like, my assistant was like researching cool people and these cool niches who have courses and Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, neat. And then I just started following you. And I was like, this guy is awesome. I love it. You were so <laughs> consistent. That's, that is honestly one of the things that inspired me to work with you in a more in-depth way was because of your consistency. You had this beautiful message that you want to share with people. You're so authentic. Like, I just, I really appreciated like who you were and how you showed up for people. And again, like your consistency, you were always improving, always looking how to make, make things better. And yeah, so I was just like, wow, I'm so glad he interviewed me because he's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, that means a lot. Thank you. I really, really appreciate those kind words. But as we started talking, I was like, what, what episode was Christy on? And it was episode 31, which okay. was a long time ago. In the first like 20 episodes, I didn't really interview anybody. So you were the, one of the first people that I ever interviewed. Wow. And I think both of our businesses are in a significantly different place. 
yeah, then, yeah. then that was over two years ago. Like we, we need to have you back on the podcast in the future for a full episode. Oh, sweet. Um, this is just like another sample here. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to mention that. So if anybody wants a little context, a lot has happened since then, but episode 31 was when you were first on. You mentioned, so, so I love this conversation about planning and vision versus like day-to-day operations. That's kind of what we're talking about. And you mentioned that you, you heard me say something a couple of years ago about my schedule or routine. I think what you're referring to is I released a video a couple of years ago called the four things I do every day in my online course business. And those four things, I, um, it's, it's my Bonjoros, right? So the, the videos that I, I think new members into my course, that was one of the things. Checking email, I believe is one of the things, but remember my assistant, Emily goes in there first. So emails is very, very minimal for me. One of them was to kind of check up on my uh, like bookkeeping, like uh, I was using FreshBooks at the time, just making sure the the income and then the the expenses just all looked in order. If I did that every day, then I, I knew that I never had to like significantly catch up on it. Since that video, I've now outsourced my bookkeeping, which has been a game changer. I use Evolve Finance, EvolveFinance.com. They specialize in bookkeeping for online business owners. They are phenomenal. It's kind of a premium product, um, but you get a premium service in return. So you can you can look into them. I, I don't know if you're quite at the level. I know you have to be making at least six figures in revenue for them to consider you as a client. But you, Christy, might you know it might be time for something like that. Others listening, Evolve Finance, amazing, amazing, uh, and that's that's off my plate now. They do such good work there. And what was the fourth thing? That I would do every day. I might have to look look uh, look that up and check before the end of this. Um, I mean, has it changed? Do you do, do you do different things every day? Oh now? yes, or- it's it's significantly changed because you got to think. In my business two years ago, it was just me and my and and Emily, who's like my executive assistant slash writer slash everything. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. But now there's lots of people on my team. There's far more people on my team. So and it's it's always going to change and evolve, mm-hmm. right? That was just a snapshot in time. And I tried to optimize my day and my weeks and my months as much as possible with what I had. And I'm still doing that, but just to a different level. So do you you, feel like, go ahead. No, please. I I think it's going to be good. Do I feel like what? I just was wondering, like, do you feel like in a, in a, let's just say in a week, for instance, do you like relegate certain tasks? Like for instance, right now, yeah, I had this one gentleman I've mentioned who's helping me with my, um, my social media posts. And so yes. like, he just sent me this, like, cause we're sort of friends. We started out as friends and we never like wrote a contract initially. So he just sent me like a, a preliminary contract. And I was like, that's great. I, I think we need to have this. And so like, I need to review the contract and like rewrite it. And like, there's just those things that like, you know, or even like managing my student emails and, you know, like all these things that just sort of like come up that aren't necessarily like, normal, everyday, typical business, you know, or like, okay, on Wednesdays, I post my YouTube channel. It's like, oh, yeah, now I have to like, check out Brian's contract, you know, or now I need to like, check into the taxes thing. And like, all those little things, like, how do you weave those kind of things into your, your weekly schedule? Do you have like a time when you do random stuff? You know? Yeah, yeah. So so basically, um, this is this is this is complicated. I hope you have a little bit of time here. Uh, Actually, because I have my doctor's appointment, I have to run to you. But no, I have like five minutes. <laughs> okay, I'll give you the five. I'll give you the five minute version. And by the way, that fourth thing that I do every day, and I still do this, is I review my daily report. I've got KPIs. I make sure the trains on the tracks. Review all my numbers that my assistant puts together. 
Right. Um, so I'm still doing that. That's probably the most important thing. But yeah. but it's really about planning and then having the right people on your team. So every Friday I do planning for the next week and I kind of roughly lay out what I'm going to do each day. In general, my meetings are on Tuesdays and Thursdays, like meetings and live streams and things like that are on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Monday is planning and writing and content creation. Um, Wednesday is filming. Friday is planning, right? In general, that's how I structure my week. But little things do fall in here and there on, on just about any day, right? Reviewing a contract from your, from your contractor, I mean, that you've got to do that, right? That's yeah. not something you can really outsource. You can't outsource that to him. You've got to do that. So you just, it's got to be on there. But is that a higher priority than scripting out your next YouTube video? Not necessarily, right? Like Stephen Covey says, put first things first. Like the most important things you've got to do first in your day. Yep. Even if they're not necessarily the ones that are the most fun. It's what what are the ones that are going to move the needle most in your business? Um, you do those first in your day. Well, and you said something like just just to like, I don't know, come back around to this. Yeah, I yeah. think that what just what made a big difference for me and what you just shared, what I think it's gonna work with my the way I typically work anyway. Is that if I can block like today is for this type of work, not thinking yes. that like, oh, no, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get to these things that people might email me about today, but like, that's for another day in the week. Like I will get to that, but maybe not today, you know? And that, like, if I can have like days that are designated to like certain tasks, I think that'll make me feel more at ease and just be like, great. Like, let's just rock it with this kind mm-hmm. of task today, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. So if, if you took my model and said, okay, on Mondays, I'm going to write. If, you, if your goal is to get a YouTube video out every week, okay, on Mondays, make sure you write the script or like the bullet points. Like you have the general idea. Yep. Do that before you check email. You do that before you do these miscellaneous tasks. Do that first before you even open email, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Do that first. Then if there's time, get to the little things. Then on Wednesdays, the first thing you need to do before you even open email is record the video. Nice. Right. Something like that. Right. Right. But as we've talked about before, having a good team behind you helps with all those things, right? If you have, if you can outsource some of these little things, if you can delegate some of your emails, all the better. You're starting to grow your team with Brian, I think his name is. Brian, yeah. If he can handle more, great. If you need to hire another VA, another thing a lot of people don't understand is, is the people you hire don't have to be full time. That's one of the great things about this economy um, with the internet we're living in is you can you can get another VA for five hours a week if you need it or three hours a week, right? And then we've actually talked in previous weeks about this role of the OBM, online business manager. You can have an OBM who's more like a $50 an hour person, but they're more manage the day-to-day, operate day-to-day, manage people. Like They can work five hours a week for you as well because you don't need that much, but I mean, somebody like that helping you five to 10 hours a week would be a total game changer for your business. I think so. And I, I just, I was really excited about that the other day too. It's just one, again, one of those things, like I have to like take the time to, to like, you know, look into someone and find someone and whatever. But I think that's, I think that's really great, Jacques. And um, I am going to have to run in a yeah. second, but I did want to tell you that I did your homework per se, the thing you gave me to do and watch or listen to the Tim Shields interview from last yeah. week. So I did listen to that. That was helpful. Um, I actually just re-listened to it again this morning and picked up a few other things. And I think the thing that really distinguished what, like the thing I was working on that I couldn't, that was really hard for me. And I'd love to talk to you because I know you've been like struggling to sort of find that future-based cause as well. So we should talk sometime, I think, because I think we have just a really similar businesses in the, like the creative, like we're doing something creative, not, not money, not money making for people. 
Well, what made a difference in what he said was like, he asked himself this question of like, cause he teaches photographers. So he said, what do photographers do? And that gave him those three words. They, they explore, they inspire and they create. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. I could just ask myself like, well, what do people who love birds do, you know? And, and then now I've been like all morning, I've just been like, all these things have been like kind of coming up for me. And I just thought that that was like, yeah, that really changed. Cause so far, like even stuff that Greg Russell had said, it, it didn't give me that like question to ask myself, you know? And, and I think what's even more interesting, cause even you and him have slightly different businesses where, you know, he has this like big life transformation that he has for people. And I don't know that you're necessarily touting that for your business. You're not saying like, I'm going to change your life. I mean, you do for some people. And maybe that's the truth. Maybe you and I just have to own that, that like, that we do do that for people, you know, and, yeah. and actually playing piano can literally change someone's life, you know, and maybe it's hard to like acknowledge that, but I don't know that people necessarily come to us thinking that like, I want to change my life by playing piano or by like learning birds, you know, and um, so yeah, I've, I've just like, it's got my, the wheels spinning for sure, you know? Well, great. I'm glad you did, did your homework. That episode was 148 with Tim Shields. We were talking, I think, last week, and, and the things you were saying, the questions you were asking, I think Tim actually provided a lot of insights into that. So um, I'm glad you're continuing to think about that because that's part of what having like a next level course is. It's not just for passive income. It's not just, oh, we just happened upon this topic that can help other people. Let me package it up and make money while we sleep. We genuinely want to help people. And so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I know you got to go. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is yeah. great. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I wish I could, well, hopefully I'll watch the podcast episode <laughs> so I can hear everybody else. There you go. All right. Thanks, Christy. See you next time. All right. See you all. Bye. Yeah. So uh, I could have talked to Christy for a while about that. Hanado is next. I'm going to go ahead and bring you on Hanado. Excited to get an update from you. Guys, uh, several people here watching live. Remember, if you want to join in, hit the uh, request to speak button there at the top of the chat. And uh, it's first come, first serve. Yeah, um, Christy needs to to start hiring a, a, a bigger bigger team because you know I resisted that for a while, but um, a team just helps you to get your message in front of more people quicker. You know, help your your students um, succeed better, and um, it's it's so worth it if you have the right people. Renado, welcome back, man. What's up? Um, all good. Uh, I've just done my webinar. What's your niche? Uh, sorry, songwriting. Yeah, I know, just for everybody's benefit, right? You help people with songwriting. Yeah, how to write songs. Yes. Just to give you some context, I've been doing like a thousand to two thousand dollar launches before, and uh, I've done one last month actually, and it's this webinar now again. And I did it, and um, like I don't know if I have a question, but I want to give you this, uh, I guess. Uh, tell you how it went and uh, see if you have anything to tell me. Basically, it didn't go as well as I planned. Uh, not as many people show up, actually. I had about 35 on average in the first session and about 24 on average in the second session. Mm -hmm. First session, I was very nervous. Second session, I went, I was better. And I did something new that I didn't do before. Like I, I went for a much higher priced offer and I gave much more value to them, offered many more things. So I guess could be that. But in the end, so far, only one person bought it. So I've only made a thousand dollars so far, which is like how much I was doing before, kind of, kind of. So it's not, I guess, a total waste, but, uh, I definitely expected to do more. 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna email them the replay uh, after this call and then go for, for the, the email follow-up sequence. Well, first of all, congratulations on the one sale, right? I don't think you've ever made a sale at that price point. One sale. Is that correct? Up until now, your price was more like four ninety seven. Is that right? It was or even more lower. like two ninety seven. So you went from two ninety seven to nine ninety seven, and you made a sale. Yeah. What's that? It's a different offer. Like they have it's anytime more- access to me. They have a lot of stuff. They have a whole library with forty plus teachers. Yeah. So you improved your offer and raised your price as well. So I got to tell you, man, there's a huge difference between making zero sales and one sale, right? So congratulations. That's, that's a huge stepping stone. Now, it would have been nice to make more and we want to continue to make more going forward. But first of all, pat yourself on the back. That's amazing. Were you, I mean, were you jumping up and down when you made the one sale? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So you're, you didn't get a lot of people showing up. So not many people have even seen the offer. You said 35 people showed up the first webinar. 24 people showed up in the second one, but ha- but but was that at the beginning? Like how many people actually saw the offer? Yeah, I mean, I mean the, uh, the average of people online, like I think about 87 uh, joined at some point. Okay. I think by the, maybe about, uh, I don't know, 19 saw the offer in the first one and maybe about 13 saw the offer in the second one. They stayed or 14 so stayed till the end of the pitch. Right. So, so that's, that's a little different number. So we're talking about 30, 30 people overall, 33 people overall even saw the offer. One person bought, Hey, guess what? That's a 3% conversion rate, right? Which is not bad. And now that's not, that's not a true conversion rate because we're dealing with such small numbers. But I don't think there's much here to be discouraged about, right? Let's let's unpack it a little bit more. How many people did you promote this webinar to, right? Maybe show up rate is the problem. Right. So I have this email list of about 3,800 people, Mm -hmm. which is not very, you know, I have some people that have a long relationship with because I've been emailing them for a couple of years now, but uh, my open rates are not so good. So Mm -hmm. about, I guess, 200 people signed up for the webinar. And um, yeah, this number showed up. Yes, okay, 87 so, showed up. So basically, you emailed out a promotion to 3,800 people, 200 registered, and then about 80 or 90 showed up at some point, 30 to 35 actually saw the offer. That's the numbers we're dealing with? Yeah. So one thing to keep in mind, if you, if you do this again, a few things is... When you are doing a live webinar, you know, we, we've, we've talked a couple of times on previous weeks and we talked about how it's good to do two different sessions in two different times of day to kind of capture everybody, all the time zones. Cause like, like myself, you have an audience that is global, right? So you, you did that, right? You did Sunday evening and then Monday kind of midday. Is that right? Yeah. Monday morning. Yeah. And we're talking here on a, on a Tuesday morning. So you've essentially done the two lives and haven't done any follow up yet. So when you're doing live launches, you don't necessarily have to ask people to register. You can, but when it's, when it's live and you're only promoting to your email list, then you can just say, hey guys, this, this is coming up. You know, I'm, here's the link to join when it's time. And then, so, so basically what I'm getting at is when you were actually going live, like 15 minutes before you went live, did you email your all 3,800 people? Yeah, so I've I've emailed all of them anyway. I just wanted to get some kind of commitment from them before, even yeah. though I emailed everyone. Okay, so you did. So so everybody that registered and those that did not register still got an email when there was like 15 minutes to start. But overall, your email open rates are just what? Do you know what they are percentage wise? 
Um, they're ranging between eight and sixteen percent. Yeah, that's 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 on the low side for sure. Tell me, when did you start your business? Like, how how long? How old is this email list? Two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, but uh, I actually doubled my list in the previous launch uh, two months ago. So. Like half of it is, is kind of new. Are you doing anything for list cleanup and management to get rid of bad emails? I think that's your next step. Maybe finish this particular launch sequence, right? But you want to do that. You want to make sure the integrity of your list is is good. We like to think about our list as one of the metrics for our whole business, and we want it to be as big as possible. But that's not actually correct. We want to have as high a quality list as possible, right? So one thing that I do is if somebody doesn't click on an email from me, open an email or visit any of any page on my site in a six month period, they're gone. They're unsubscribed. That's unacceptable. You can't be on my list and, and do that. So I have a feeling there's a lot of people on your list that have not done those things in the past six months, yet they're still, you're still sending out those emails and that's bringing your open rate down. Uh, just one thing, I moved to active campaign less than six months ago, maybe three or four months ago. So I don't have that information. Would you still do it? Three or four months. Did you say your last launch was like two or three months ago? Last month, the previous launch. And then two months before that. Yeah. So you've, you've actually done a lot of launches. You've done four launches in the past five months? Three launches. Sorry, three launches. You're right. So that's actually pretty frequent launches. That could lead to um, just like kind of launch fatigue from your list too, right? So you moved over to campaign three or four months ago. Um, theoretically, because of the amount of launches that you've sent out, Everybody on your list now should have at least opened one of the emails in active campaign. So I would say at this point, if I were you, I would go in and if somebody in my active campaign list, these 3,800 people, if there's anybody that has not even opened any of my emails, I would get rid of them, right? Because if they haven't opened any of these emails in the past four months, they're not going to. Whether it's a bad email or just all your emails are going to spam or they're just not interested anymore. Right. Let's clean it up. And that might take 3,800 down to 1,800. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Right. So I would finish out this launch since, since it's already going and then focus on list cleanup and then make sure you're nurturing your list properly, sending out value. And let's wait at least like four months till the next launch. But within those four months, you, you don't have an evergreen funnel up, correct? That's my next step, I guess. Yeah. So I would do, I would finish this launch, step one. Step two, list cleanup. Step three, let's get a, well, actually, step two would be get up an evergreen webinar because that's um, unrelated to the list cleanup. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sounds good. What else? And uh, would you keep the $1,000 offer for the, for the new code people that's going to arrive? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would be curious to see like your webinar registration page, what you were pitching. I would be curious to see your webinar itself because... I mean, one person bought, which is amazing, but I would be curious to see how you're framing anything. You said you were nervous. I wonder if that affected your ability to sell as well. I, I mean, if you don't mind, like post some of this stuff in the in the Next Level Courses Facebook group for myself and others to see it. I would love to see like what your webinar registration page was. And even if you could upload the entire presentation, what, what software did you, did you use Webinar Jam? Yeah. So you can download the recording. And then if you could upload that to the Facebook group, I'd love to check it out and give you some pointers. Yeah, because it may there might have been some things in there that were clunky. Did, did you practice going into the live webinar? I did, yeah, I did, but not as much as I usually like to practice. But I guess I over practice sometimes. So I, I went through it like two times, maybe two or three times the whole presentation. And you just did you did you practice for anybody at any point? No, 
Yeah, you should have done that, man. You could have posted in the Facebook group, hey, I, I really need to practice this. Anybody else need to practice their webinar? Let's like practice on each other. That would have been really great. I know you don't want to hear about what could have, should have, would have, but I'm preparing you for next time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It would be great. Yeah, but, it, but, but homework for next time, man, if you could like link to your webinar registration page and upload that video, I'd love to check it out. I'm sure others would as well. And we can all provide you feedback on it for next time. But go ahead and finish this launch period. My guess is you'll make uh, more sales with with the replay and 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 follow up sequence. Then, I mean, you you know what to do as far as an evergreen webinar goes, and then do list cleanup. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. And I'm gonna upload it there, and I'll yeah give you any feedback. Like if someone else buys, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, please. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Keep us posted on if other people buy. But man, congratulations! A nine ninety seven sale. It feels great. In a non-money-making niche, I'm probably going to raise my price to, it's looking like I'll probably raise my piano course price to that, at least the top-end package. But at this point, I've never sold a non-money-making course for that much. So that's amazing. Make sure you take real good care of that person too. Yeah, I will. (laughs) All right, man. Anything else? Um, No. Actually, I have a quick question. I'm going through uh, Profit First. And mm-hmm. uh, it just tells you that you should, if I, if I understand correctly, send, uh, create five different uh, accounts in the same bank. Yeah. Can you do that in the U.S.? Uh, Absolutely. Yes. I can't do that. I'm in Brazil and apparently I can't do that. So I have to find another way. I wonder why. Did they tell you why? No, they said I can only have one, one business account in my name and one for the business. Unless I, I have it in different banks, which I'm going to have to do. That's wild. So what I would recommend is there's a very large profit first Facebook group with all people interested in doing profit first. So you you're not the only person in Brazil trying to do profit first. So so join that group and post in there like, hey, hey, anybody in Brazil, how are you getting around this? Right? Because that to me doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, I will. That would be really messy if you had to do it five different banks. No, yeah. What were you gonna say? No, we're just thanking you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good good to talk to you, man. Um, good luck. Do your homework and uh hope to see you next time. All right, me too. All right, bye bye. Bye. All right, that was Renado from Brazil. Uh pretty regular on here going through a uh relaunch right now. Man, there's such a difference between one sale and, and no sale. So that's gotta be a great feeling to get your first sale for that much, especially going from two ninety seven to nine ninety seven. Um, Andrew, you're next. I'm gonna go ahead and bring you on. So huge congratulations to Renato for that. And um, we talked, I think, last time on last week's call about my recommendation for the replay and then like a five-day open and closed cart period. So hopefully you get some more sales during this this launch and enrollment period. Definitely pulling for him down there in Brazil. And that was very interesting about profit first and not being able to open up five accounts in the same bank. I hope that's not, I hope there's a way around that. Mr. Andrew, what's up? How's it going, Jacques? Well, thank you. Welcome to uh, this week's Next Level Courses, also podcast episode 156. Yes. So I'll introduce myself. I'm Andrew. And the niche I am in is fingerstyle guitar. So the music niche. And um, yeah, my site's Master Fingerstyle Guitar. My understanding is that it's um, it's a, like a US thing to say niche. And like you're, you're in Canada and like UK, like that's where they say niche, right? Niche? I had no idea. Yeah, we say, well, typically we say niche down here, but that's just, you know, that's just us Americans just, yeah, we got, we got us a niche. We're not no niche. All the videos I watch, they're like that. So I'm just like a kind of 
kind of took it, you know? I looked it up one day because I wanted to say it correctly. And it basically said American English is niche. And then, you know, UK and Canadians and, and whatnot is niche. We're going, we're going way off topic so far. My niche is finger style yeah. guitar. Yeah. And as you know, you've gotten a shout out from Dr. K recently on the podcast. So, so regular podcast listeners, this is the Andrew, Mr. 18 year old killing it with the guitar <laughs> course. <laughs> What's up, man? How can I help you today? So once again, very good week, five sales. Two of them were ultimate package. So a really profitable week always. But like I was talking about uh, in the last Q&A, four out of five of my sales just came from the first webinar email I sent out to my list. Yeah. So I'm working on redoing the three videos, like I said. So I want to talk about that today with you. Great. Let's do it. So I noticed that your three videos, they're a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering like the differences that you have between your webinar videos and the one that you send out the three to your list. Yeah. So just for his historical context, um, I first did when I first learned about Evergreen funnels in 2016. And the first one I was made aware of is the PLF style product launch formula style, three pre-launch videos leading to an open and closed cart period. So I implemented that first and then later added in an evergreen webinar over the first few days of the funnel, because before that people literally couldn't buy for the first like seven days. Right. So you got to remember that my pre-launch videos preceded my evergreen webinar. Okay. Right. So those those came first, you're saying? Yeah, the pre my pre-launch videos as they stand right now on October 26, 2020 are like 3 or 4 years old, whereas my webinar is like 4 months old. Yeah, for sure. So they don't line like a lot of times I'll recommend people take their webinar break it up like the three secrets are your three pre-launch videos. In my case, like I made my pre-launch videos before I read expert secrets. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I'm going to be updating them in the next 4 to 6 months for sure. Um, and they will look, they will be more in line with my webinar videos, but overall, like how, how, what's the length of your, your current pre-launch videos? Yeah. That's what I think one of the problems is they're only like five minutes long each. It's pretty short, right? So what is the, so like video, your first video, what's the problem? Um, the problem is I say like the four ways to learn fingerstyle guitar and the, like, what do you mean the problem? Well, so what we're trying to do is present a problem or a false belief uh, for people and help them get around it, right? So by the end of the pre-launch videos, we should have broken down any barriers somebody has to joining our course. Yeah. So I'm just doing like the whole vehicle thing is uh, the first problem. I'm using the, it's the webinar one, right? And then the internal beliefs and then the external beliefs. Okay. So how are you presenting a problem, agitating the problem and solving the problem in five minutes? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think I am. I don't even know how I would do that. Yeah. Right. So are you telling stories? Are you, are you saying like, you know, John, my student, John had this exact same problem too. And here's what he did, or here's how I helped him fix it. Or, you know, when I was a wee 17 year old boy, I had that problem too. And here's how I fixed it. Right. You want to tell stories from your own life and from your students' lives. Stories are incredibly powerful. That way others can see that and be like, well, I have that problem too, but now I see John's story and he was, he was able to get around it. Like I could get around it too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm thinking that cause I do have the stories in there or I have like one story per one, but I don't have the teaching. I think that's the thing that I need. And I have gotten some emails like about, they want to actually see more of the teaching. So that's what I'm going to be adding in, try to make them around 20 minutes. 
ish. Yeah, we don't. You don't necessarily need a target in mind. I think five minutes in general is too short, but don't say it's got to be you know between nineteen and twenty one minutes. Just see, just see how it goes. And with um, you know, I've, I end up getting a lot of people in the music niche that follow me because because I am as well. And uh, I, you know, a lot of people will tell you, a lot of marketing gurus will tell you not to teach it all, right? You want to you want to show the 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 why and not the how. Yeah, I would I would say you've got to walk that line. I cannot do a two hour piano webinar without showing my audience some things on piano. And it's the same for you. It's hard to have any piece of content out there without actually touching your guitar, or in my case, touching the piano. I just just for credibility um, and authenticity. That's that's hard, right? So I would say it's somewhere in the middle. We don't want to, we don't want to give away all the secret sauce. We don't want to give away everything to where they don't need our product anymore. We need to show them what it would be like to have us as an instructor. Yeah. Okay. I'll definitely do that for, for the videos, walk the line. And, uh, and I imagine in your webinar, you're doing that, right? You're actually picking up your guitar and showing some things, right? No, I'm not in my webinar. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I followed, uh, Russell Brunson's word for word, his entire script, like everything he said, I had the entire thing uh, scripted out and I made sure. So it's all slides? It's, uh, I mean, I'm sit. the thing is I'm sitting with my guitar, but I never really uh, <laughs> use it much. And it's like slides come up, it's uh, in front of my green screen and stuff like that. So cool. You got to use what's working too. And clearly your webinar is working, right? How long is your webinar? It's, um, I think it's around four. 40 minutes. It's a pretty, it's on the longer side, maybe 50 minutes. No, that's on the shorter side. The, the whole thing is 50 minutes. I can check this right now. I, th- I think it might be like once it gets to 40 is right when that's when the whole open cart thing like ends. And that's when it gets to more the longer closing stuff. So I think it's around 50 minutes. Yeah, that's still on the shorter side, man. Mine's about two hours. I know you've seen mine before. Yeah, I've, I've watched yours. Yeah. So you got to figure out what you're doing in the webinar video that you're not doing in the pre-launch videos, because that's the first thing is working. And the second things don't really seem to be working. Yeah. What, yeah. It's like, um, I think all my internal and external stuff is there because obviously the webinar is working, but just needs to have more, more of the teaching and everything like we're talking about, walk the line and um, I can do all the testing. I want to do the whole thing with like, oh, the multiple camera angles and everything for the videos, you know. <laughs> You're trying to do everything I'm doing, huh? Okay. I've been doing that for for a little while, Jacques, in my course. I think you, you might be copying me a bit. I'm copying you now. <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the idea for the name Ultimate Package from you, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, man, that's that's great. Anything else I can help you with today? Um, that was um yeah, that was the main thing I'm working on. And all the other stuff like that we talked about, I'm still in the midst of doing like all the profit first stuff, the YouTube yeah. ads. So um, yeah, that was the, uh, that's all I really. Cool. It's nice as you continue to add in new things, work on new projects all the while you're making sales from an evergreen funnel, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. This, this month Jacques has been once again, my best month. So I'd love to see it. Yeah. Keep up the good work, man. And, and let's, let's work on those pre-launch videos. And remember, the funnel is more than videos too, right? Check your emails, check the pages themselves, and it could, it could be more than just the videos too. Okay. All right? Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks, Andrew. See you next time. Yeah, have a good one. I, I say it all the time, but I, I mean, I wish I would have started this stuff when I was 18. Like, could you imagine?
Could you imagine? That's amazing. Um, always love hearing from Andrew. All right, Liz, you are next, bringing you on. Guys that are in uh, watching this live, if you want to join me, just hit the request to speak button at the top of the chat, and we will. Uh, I'll go ahead and bring you on one at a time, like we've been doing here uh, this morning, and as we normally do here. And as usual, we will upload the recording to the Next Level Courses portal for review after the fact. Hi, Liz. Hi, Jacques. Welcome back. All right. So for everybody's benefit, your niche and your, well, you don't, you kind of have a course. What, what's I your do. niche? Yeah. <laughs> so I make um, bags and beeswax wraps for zero waste living. And I teach other people how to also make their own beeswax wraps and hand sewn bags and things. And I created a course. Um, I've been teaching people how to make their own beeswax wraps in person. And I created an online course for people to learn how to make their own beeswax wraps online from home. And I'm having trouble. I was having trouble getting any sales, which is what brought me to you. Um, and then we started talking about, you know, since I also teach other things like sewing patterns and things like that, maybe I should reframe my goal in terms of a membership in terms of, um, So people would join, they would get this beeswax wrap course and, you know, other sewing patterns and things that I have already. So that's sort of big picture me and what I'm up to. And I've been working on the webinar based on what I've been learning in Expert Secrets and then also really following what you put together. So I've been using what you have from Piano in 21 Days. And... Yeah, so I just wanted to update you on that, on where I'm at with that. And then I also have a, a question. So I'm framing this membership in terms of, you know, you'll, you'll learn how to sew and how to make beeswax wraps. And there's going to be, you know, different pieces to the membership. And I'm talking about how my approach to teaching is new and different and, and helps people overcome a lot of obstacles. So I know just from talking to a lot of people that when they want to learn how to sew, there's different things that get in the way in terms of they get intimidated by their machine. They don't want to have a bunch of like fabric scraps and a big mess in their house. And they think they need a lot of space to pick up a sewing hobby. So I'm sort of figuring out what are these false beliefs um, that I'm going to directly address for them. And then I, I've taught people... So I guess the part where I'm getting hung up right now is looking at you have so many amazing success stories in your webinar. And I have definitely taught people like I've taught my daughters and I've taught people that have worked for me how to sew and how to create, you know, work with different machines. And I've created sewing patterns that people have used successfully to make their own bags. But I don't have all of these like testimonials and traditional success stories that I would like to have inside of my webinar in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, proving that I, I can do this. I know I can do this and I have mm-hmm. done this. But so I guess that's where if you have thoughts or if anyone else has thoughts, like how do you get around that or. So basically you're reading, you're reading expert secrets for the first time. I told you that you really need to have like a a simple evergreen webinar funnel on your site because right now you don't really have a great way to sell 
no anything other than your actual products like you sell you you sell beeswax wraps you sell physical products but you don't have really a funnel in place to sell any digital products at all at this point so you're going through expert secrets and you're getting you're you're hitting a roadblock in where where you've seen my presentation there's a lot of testimonials you know Russell Brunson re- recommends testimonials and you don't really have a lot of great ones right yeah. Mm-hmm. You've sold your beeswax wraps uh, course, right? Have you talked to those people that have bought it? Yeah, so I've sold it to one person. Oh, one! You've only sold one. Yeah, and I've talked to her, and I can, and she has a yeah, she's loved it. And then, of course, I have like in-person reviews from the in-person students that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I also have that I could use. Right. So you you talk to so the one person that's bought it. You talk to her just like via email or what? Mm-hmm. Just email. Yeah. And she has positive things to say like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. So what's preventing you from compiling all these different sources, even if it is your daughter and your friends and the, the people you've taught in person, plus this one person that's bought the course, like, can you not compile five or 10 testimonials out of all that? Yeah, I guess I could. Yeah. I mean, is it weird if it's like my kids or... <laughs> How do I, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm hung up on how to frame that. Yeah. So I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have, how many kids do you have? Two. Right. So I wouldn't say, okay, now here's my, here's what my two kids had to say. Like that's, that (laughs) takes away some credibility, but I would pick, like, I would legitimately ask them like, Hey, I showed you these things. What do you think about it? What has it done for you? Like, do you believe in it? You know, has it helped you in any way? And then get, you know, the best one, like pick out a sentence or two. And you say, okay, here's, here's what, um, you know, a 12 year old Sally had to say, and you don't have to say it's your kid. Yeah. Right. You don't have to put a last name and you don't have to say it's your kid, but that gives you a range of ages that of people that benefited from it too. Yeah. Right. The other thing you can do is, is try to schedule a meeting, like a zoom meeting with a few people, like, um, the one person that bought your course and a handful of people that took that learned from you in person and, like, let's do three of those and record it. And then instead of asking people to provide a video testimonial, you just record it and you can cut out sections of that video and turn those with their permission, turn those into a video testimonial because you can play video testimonials within your Evergreen webinar as well. Okay. Right. It's nice to have both text and video. Yeah. So just reach out to three people and be like, hey, can we have a quick, you know, 10, 15 minute conversation about about the course or, or the, about the material, how it could be better, what you liked about it, what, what it's been uh, allowed you to do. Can you just frame it as a quick little feedback session, but hopefully you can extract parts of it as a, as a testimonial. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. Would you say that's the biggest thing hanging you up from on the webinar right now? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I guess another piece is I'm, I'm trying to, to frame what I'm offering as a new opportunity, which I think it is. And I, I hope that it feels, it comes across as new and exciting as I think it is. But I guess that's the other piece that I, I kind of need to work through and think through and say out loud and that sort of thing. What makes it a new opportunity? Why would I want to learn these things from you versus somebody else? That's an excellent question, Jacques. Um, so I talk about sort of the process that I went through trying to learn how to sew and using you're starting with 
tradition, these crazy like paper patterns are not crazy, but you know, you get these little envelopes. I don't know if you've seen these Jacques, but you get like a little paper envelope with a pattern of like how to sew this thing and you pull it open. And there's just all these like huge pieces of tissue paper that you have to like cut and tape together and map onto fabric. So that's sort of the traditional way. It's super hard. <laughs> it's very intimidating. And then you have all these like bits of paper and sort of s- scraps hanging around your your home. And the, the other way is sort of watching videos on YouTube or reading somebody's sewing blog. But that often, if you're just trying to get started, that you might have a question just about setting up your machine, that you're some, you're some kind of hang up happening for you. So what I am proposing is, is providing people with the kit, like everything they need, a very simple kit to create their own you know, several different simple projects and some virtual support and support around their machine and, and troubleshooting and things like that. So, so for folks who worry about having to set up a huge sewing station and go, go to the store and buy tons of crap, like I'm going to be basically handing them exactly what they need to really get, get the confidence that they need to then move on and tackle more complicated projects on their own. Yeah. So I think what, what I'm offering is really like holding someone's hand, helping them get the confidence that they need in a way that's going to work for somebody who's busy and doesn't have a huge amount of space. Well, and, and keep in mind too, that we're talking about more than just sewing here, right? You've got your, yeah. you're teaching people about beeswax wraps, and I'm sure there's more things coming down the pipeline too. And from the, the brief amount of times we've talked to you, to me, it seems like your new opportunity is simply like no waste, green, um, things that are just as easy and effective as the non, as the wasteful versions. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So that's probably one of your false beliefs. Like that would be one of my false beliefs. If I'm entering your world, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I care about the environment. I w- I don't want to waste as much, but there's a lot of conveniences that come with waste. Right. Yeah. So how can I, how can I do this? No waste thing, care for the environment while still preserving my quality of life and time and all that. And to me, from what we've talked about, that seems to be what you help people do. Like when we were talking about your beeswax wraps a couple of weeks ago, yours actually work. <laughs> a lot yeah. of the ones out there don't really work and it makes people not want to use them, but you, you have found a way to make them that actually work and can be a viable replacement for plastic wrap or whatever, whatever the normal replacement is. Does that sound like what your new opportunity is? Yes. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And that's part of what, what my framework for, for, for this is like, you know, working with eco-friendly supplies and creating things that leave a positive impact on the earth versus, you know, creating more waste. But yes, yes, that, that's not what you just said is not a new opportunity. There's a lot of people that want to do that. Yeah. You have to add to what you just said and make it easy and not take a lot of time and as effective as the normal stuff, right? That's what makes it new versus existing. Right. Okay. I'm writing this down. (laughs) Please do. Yeah, (laughs) please do. Because you can't, you can't just, you're not going to be ultra successful here by just being another commodity, just being another person that wants to save the environment and help people with this. You need to have this new opportunity. I think that's what sets you apart. Yeah. 
And so every time, every slide you make for your webinar, everything that you put in your script, you've got to think of it through the lens of, of that and not just another person pitching no waste. Yes. Okay. So for next time, let's schedule some meetings to get some videos. Let's get some text testimonials. Let's get a name for your presentation. Let's get some, some secrets down. Okay. I want to see you have this evergreen webinar funnel up within a few weeks. Yes, I know. I'm you're not, selling, I'm you're not selling anything digital right now. Just my, just my sewing patterns. Um, Your sewing patterns, yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I want to be sewing more. I really want to be, like I mentioned before. So I, I make and sell a lot of products directly to people and, and to retailers. And with the whole COVID shutdown, now I kind of lost my team, my, my mm-hmm. helpers. And I've always thought it would be great to really have more of this sort of digital side to my business and really grow that. And, and now is the time. Now is the time. <laughs> yeah. To be doing way less production, you know, on my own and, and, and really helping people. I mean, I, I was doing these in-person workshops before COVID and I love that. I really do love, you know, teaching people and watching them get that confidence. Like, Oh, I can mm-hmm. do this. It's like, it's amazing. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm on it. I've got my webinar outlined. I've got many slides in there already, but it's definitely not done. And then, of course, I need to you know film it as well. Great. And by the way, live workshops, like a monthly live workshop with you over Zoom, can totally be one of the things you're offering inside the membership. You know, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I was going to offer um, like open studio hour, mm-hmm. um, so where people could come in and get support from me in terms of troubleshooting. And I was, I'm thinking I'd like the membership to be every, everyone's working on the same project every month. So, you know, for that time period, I can help troubleshoot whatever is going on with that particular project. But I also like the idea of teaching something new that, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And then you can record that and save that in the membership portal with the other content. I mean, that's, that's what I do with next level courses, right? I do the weekly Q&A calls, but once a month, I also teach on a particular topic. And that serves two purposes. People can interact with me live and ask questions about it, but also I'm recording those. And now it's in the course, the the membership portal forever. Yeah. And you could do the same thing. Yeah, that's a great idea. Anything else? Um, No, I don't think so. Okay. Thanks, Liz. Homework here. You got got a lot of work to do, but it's going to be so (laughs) worth it once you're done. Yes. All right. Thanks, Liz. See you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Well, last call to go ahead and jump in line. Uh, We've got one person waiting in the queue, Matt. I'm going to go ahead and bring you on now. And if there's anybody else here watching uh, live, then this is your last call to go ahead and jump in line. Otherwise, Matt will be last on the docket for today. So uh, while we wait for Matt to join us, uh, just a reminder, we are saving this recording uh, to be podcast episode 156. Um, So welcome all of those of you that are listening to this podcast three weeks into the future. And I hope you have been able to get something out of this. Maybe you something I've said, or we've said has sparked something that you can apply to your business. Or maybe this is what puts you over the edge to want to be a part of this. And I'll give some more information about that here in a little bit. Until then, Matt, hi. How's it going, man? It's going well. What's up? It's been, it's been a little bit. I know. Lots of, uh, lots of music niche people on today. Yeah. Um... So, I guess my first question is: uh, Well, well remind, remind people what your what your you've actually been on the podcast too. What, um, yeah. What, but what's your niche? What do you teach people to do? Oh, uh, 
wellpaidmusician.com and uh, help performing musicians consistently find high paying private event gigs. Okay. How can I help you today, man? So uh, I switched over to Evergreen and I started with Relaunch, so Relaunch Magic. And I simultaneously ran a very cheap retargeting ad. And between those two, I had seven sales from the relaunch and three from the retargeting ad. So that was, that was last month and it was 10 days, 10 days in a row, sale every day. I was living the dream. This is it, man. This is what I've wanted. And so the retargeting kind of ran its course. Um, the frequency got to be high and it just seemed to be done. So when I went out to cold traffic in October, I got 111 opt-ins with only one sale. So my conversion rate for cold traffic is less than 1%. As opposed to the retargeting and the uh, relaunch, I don't know what the exact conversion rate was, but it was was much, much higher. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess my first thing is, you know, what kind of um, marker should I have for cold traffic conversion to sale? So you have an you have a um, an evergreen funnel now in place. Well, I guess you've had one in place for a while. It's just that you were selling over the phone, but now you have one in place where you don't have to sell it over the phone, correct? And when correct. you say you you implemented relaunch magic for for me, when I say relaunch magic, I'm talking about relaunching to a quarter of my list every month. Is that what you're doing? So I had never done it before. Uh, so I relaunched to a list of about three thousand, which was your whole list. Yeah. Okay, so you relaunched in uh, September. Yes. Okay, so out of your list, seven seven purchased. And when you said that three purchased via retargeting, that was people that were not necessarily on your list. They had gone to your site, they hadn't opted in. Through retargeting, they opted in and bought through the Evergreen funnel. Yeah, so Facebook gave credit you know, to three. Uh, and, and one of them may have actually been on my mailing list, but maybe they just purchased through the ad. And one of those sales was, like I was saying, was was my full price offer, which no one had ever purchased before, which was fantastic. So I, I will continue, like the opt-ins that I got this month, you know, I'll, I'll put them on a, a four-month delay. But so I just I just shut it down because, um, you know, it's, cost, it's costing me about $4 uh, an opt-in. Uh, and right now with the election, you know, Facebook ads are just, it's just crazy. Um so, so yeah, I guess, you know, what, what should my conversion rate be to cold traffic? But then to, to give you a little bit more information, I, I'm not doing a lead magnet. I'm just directing people to see the webinar. Mm-hmm. Which is the lead magnet. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's like yours, how you have a, a giveaway and then, you know, you lead them to the webinar. You know, I, maybe that's the way I should go. I'm not sure. No. So, so I just wanted to make sure I had the proper context before giving you some advice. So um, it sounds like, for a 10-day stretch in September, things were going great. You were like, you're almost like, man, I finally made it. This is it. We're, we're, we're good to go. Um, not that you haven't been making sales for a while, but the quantity of sales, 10, sale, 10 sales in 10, 10 days is probably the highest that you've done, especially without doing the phone calls. And you were just thinking, this is the new normal. Now I'm making one sale a day. Great. Let's keep, let's keep this growing. In six months, maybe making two sales a day. And then the sales just fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. one, as we've talked about before, one of the problems is that almost all of your traffic comes from Facebook ads, right? You don't have much, you don't have much organic traffic and you definitely need to be doing something at some point to diversify your traffic streams because 
I don't know what time period this was, but you spent about $4 per lead to get 111 opt-ins, which resulted in one sale. So I'm guessing you spent about $450. You made mm-hmm. one sale at $400? It's a 90, that was a 97 a month. So that person you know, only gave me Depends $97 on so far. So that was a payment plan. Yep. For, okay, so so hopefully they make six payments of 97, right? And then it would be, after six months, it would be worth it. But we don't right. want to spend $450 today to get a total of five, $600 in six months. That's not great math. But here's here's one thing that I'll tell you that might encourage you is that so far, October has been my worst month in a year. And I haven't changed anything, right? Normally, like for me, we're in somewhat similar niches, right? It's not one-to-one, but it's it's... Eh, it's close. Normally for me, like August, September are my, my lowest month of the year. It, it wasn't the case this year just because this year is so wonky with, with COVID and everything. But it seems like that's just kind of pushed back a couple months. For me, October is going to be my lowest month. And I expect that to be the case in that November will be back up. And normally December and January and February are my best months with the new year. So what I'm saying is that, yeah, it was a low conversion rate, but it might just be October, right? Right. So, so 3% would be far better. You got about 1% conversion rate. I would shoot for more like three or four, but you could maybe do the exact same thing in December and January and get a 6% conversion rate. And it's just, it's just the time of year. Okay. Um, yeah, this year, right before COVID hit, um, I did, I think 34 sales in January and February combined. So it was, it was pretty great, but again, it was all on the phone. And the reason why I hadn't switched over to the Evergreen sooner, well, because of COVID and that shut down in-person performances, which is what I help people yeah, achieve. Right, right. Um, so, uh, and then and we're still battling that because of the winter. So I, I have a feeling that um, I'm going to have to kind of just wait until January to really see uh, an uptick again, because I, I think people will be optimistic. They'll want to plan for, uh, you know, the, the, for next summer and also clients, they're, they're looking, they, they want to book for summer 2021. So there, there is opportunity. Anyway, that's, yeah, I can definitely see the seasonal thing happening here for sure. Yeah. So, so basically I wouldn't necessarily turn off Facebook ads completely. Can we just lower the budget? Cause the, especially with that being your, really your only traffic source right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have to just work on being more consistent with my YouTube, um, videos. If I can just get one a week at least, uh, and try to try to do that. But I've never, even with my own singer songwriter brand, I've never really seen much come from YouTube, although I, I don't put out content consistently. So I'd, I think we've talked about this before. You, you have kind of one or two videos that are in the millions of yes, views that seem yes. to bring in the lion's share of your leads, correct? That's correct. So, so you're not really doing the weekly content on YouTube, are you? No, I'm, I, I, I still would like to. Um, there's just other low-hanging fruit in my business right now that I'm, I'm working on, but I certainly would like to get a dialed-in weekly process to do that. I have the luxury of not having to do that because I've got a couple of videos that have over a million views. Did that come from SEO that you paid for or it just kind of happened? It's good content. The biggest one is it's about to hit 2 million views. It's just called Learn Piano in 4 Minutes. It's got a very almost clickbaity title, right? But the thing is that it's actually got 4 minutes of jam-packed learning piano content, and by the end of it a lot of people want to keep learning uh from me, which is which is the goal, right? So if there's 
I mean, I don't know how many people are in your in your niche, but getting higher paying musical gigs seems to be something that um, a lot of any musician would want, right? And do you have do you have like a flagship video on YouTube? It's like how to get higher paying musical gigs. No, I have essentially like parallel content because when I first started selling the course. I was giving away a lead magnet, which was essentially like a mini course Mm -hmm. and people, and then are like a, then a three part mini training. And I wasn't selling anything because people were taking that information. Thanks. We're good. Yeah. I don't need you. Um, So I've been very shy about kind of the secret sauce. So I've been doing other things like how to get professional video that clients will love and, you know, um, how to have the confidence to ask for more money and, how to sing for more than four hours and things like that, that, that are relevant, but mm-hmm. just not having and not, not the secret sauce. So yeah, I don't, I've got to think about that. Like what, it, what is it that, you know, can garner those views without giving away the strategy? Yeah, exactly. Cause I was, um, when I release YouTube videos on like very specific topics, those are never going to just blow up. Right. Mm-hmm. If I say how to play a B minor seventh chord on the piano, right? That's extremely niche down. And that's not something that uh, a general audience would come to and then want to learn piano from me, but it'll help a very specific type of person. But when I say learn piano in four minutes, almost that's, that's a video for almost anybody in the planet. You know, um, there's, there's comments under there. Like I, I had, I had no, I don't own a keyboard. I have no interest in learning piano. Somehow this video showed up and now I want to learn piano. You know, there's comments like that under the video. So, um, if I think like a flagship video like that is, is really important and you don't want to give away everything, but you want to give away some of your best stuff to really build trust in people, right? So that, that they can they can see themselves doing it. There's there's definitely enough material in that video, Learn Piano in Four Minutes, for people to take that away and go start learning songs on their own. But I certainly have far more to share about how to do that process. And, and um, for those that do want to pay me for that information, that's why we have the course. So I think it would be really cool if you could just kind of own that space on YouTube. Like Nate, you know, Nate Dodson owns that, like how to start a microgreens business. You know, he owns that on YouTube and that's one of the main ways people are finding him. So figure out if people are searching for, if they're just searching for how to get gigs or if if they're actually searching for how to get higher paying gigs, because that's what you do. You don't want people to just struggle and get, you know, $120 here and there for playing for four hours. You want to teach people how to, to, to get paid for what they're worth, if not more. (laughs) And uh, I think that's really that's the new opportunity. And that's really intriguing for people. And if you could have like this one flagship video, really high quality, well-produced, that could be your new number one traffic source. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could talk more about what it is, is private events. That That's kind of my whole mm-hmm. thing. And and also I see Liz in the chat at, if I pivoted uh, my market to address COVID, what, what I talk about is in my marketing now is like, you can't really even get bar gigs. You know, they're all struggling and some have closed. So, but you can get private event gigs because they're at private residences and people are starved for entertainment and they still want to get married and they still want to have celebrations. So there's actually a lot of demand right now, as opposed to, you know, um, pre-COVID because you could kind of play at a bar. Now, now those options are much less than they used to be. So, um, so yeah, I guess if I, I just keep speaking to that, like this is, uh, if you want to make a living as a performing musician during this pandemic, this is kind of what you have to do. Do you have any videos on YouTube right now that say, hey, the big secret's the big secret is private events? Do you ever say that? No. And you're scared to say it, aren't you? I don't think so. I think I think that's 
that's what my webinar is. But why haven't you said that on YouTube? I guess to me, it just seems so obvious. (laughs) It's a good perspective. To me, it seems so obvious that to play a C major chord, you go four keys and then three keys and that all songs are built with chords. Right. But that does, it's not obvious to everybody. Like that's, you know, the, one of the biggest like instant trust factors I have or people have with me is that I give my secret sauce for how to form chords and explain that chords make up songs. So if I can show you in 15 seconds how to play any major or minor chords, and then in 45 seconds show you how to look up chords to the songs you want to play, and then the next minute how to add a few improvisations, like I can show people things very, very quickly. That's the core of my entire course. It's that instead of four minutes, I stretch it out over 21 days because we're going to take a deeper dive. Right. Right. But that's that's what really uh, builds trust in people. I don't I don't hide any one thing behind the paywall of my course. It's just that in the course, you're going to get this step by step deep dive process. Mm-hmm. So I could totally picture a video from you on YouTube called how to get high, like in caps, higher, how to get higher paying musical gigs. Right. Mm-hmm. And parentheses, number my number one, you know, secret tip. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Sure. And and in the video, you explain that the 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 big secret that not many people realize i mean you just explained it to me like it's you know the problem is really agitate the problem the problem is you go play at bars that's what most people think they do bars don't pay right it's fun but they don't pay like here's the th- here's where they pay they pay at private events here's why here's some stories how many matt how many tips do you have about how to get the private uh party gigs how many different ways do you have to get them um well that's my secret sauce because what I do is I teach people how to use online platforms to get them quickly. But it's, you know, so you get quick wins and then you make your money back for the course because get paid 500 bucks. You just paid for the course, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you get this quick win. But the long-term strategy is building upon those clients. So it's repeat business uh, instead of, you know, like paying for these services to, and mm-hmm. relying on new gigs. So, okay. That Did I answer the question? Well, do you have one like step-by-step process to go through to get that first private party gig or yeah. there multiple ways to get it? Um, well, using those online platforms. And when, and when I had that free mini training, I had zero sales. People were just like, this is awesome. I don't need you. I don't need to pay you any to join your course. Cause now I know how to do it. And I think, um, I sell the course more on the community of it. So we have a yeah. private Facebook group. I also have bonus sections, which I've built over the last six months on other topics like live streaming. Um, you know, I have a, I have a student that has, uh, that broke a hundred thousand dollars in 2019 and how he did it. So I have these master classes, and I, I kind of sell it on, on those. It's more than just how to get these, you know? Yeah. 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 So when you say online platforms, you're talking about Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, this was specific to, to musicians like, uh, Thumbtack actually is for any freelancer. Um, mm. Wedding Wire, The Knot, uh, The Bash, Gig Salad. Like these are all these resources that, you know, you can get up and running pretty quickly, uh, you know, and get your first high paying gig. Okay. So to my point, what I was going to suggest is that in this one flagship video, you pick one of those sites, you pick The Knot and actually show screenshots and screen share video of here's, here's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay, this, 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 this will land me my first high paying gig. That's exactly what you do. Guys, if you enjoyed this, I want to show you how you would do it on all these different platforms and and really make this um, really exponential. And instead of doing it just here, like every every platform has their own unique quirks. I want to show you how to do it on, on 10 different platforms to really increase the chance that we're going to get these gigs. 
And then once you start getting gigs, how to leverage those customers and turn that into even more gigs. If you, if that all sure. sounds good, yeah. then flip over to this free training I have for you, right? And then in that free training, you, you reveal a little bit more. And then you say, okay, if you want to take this all the way and have the community and have all this extra stuff, that's why you buy the course. Okay, great. Yeah. So I, 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 I like it. Um, I like it because sometimes people join and they're already on these platforms and they're like, oh, well, I'm already doing this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but then I'm like, yeah, but I'm showing you how to do it correctly. I'm showing you how yeah. to get, actually get the work. Yeah. Um, and every once in a while, I'll have somebody ask for a refund. It's like, oh, and, this fine. and so I, I kind of like the idea of like, well, yeah, this, I guess it's a little bit more transparent in that, like, yeah, this is, this is part of the process, but I'm not giving away everything. And my mini training kind of was giving away everything. I was showing you all the stuff. So, right. Yeah. So you've learned, you've learned that lesson. You've learned the lesson of giving, giving away too much stuff. Yeah is nice but it doesn't it means you don't have a business right so you've got to walk that line of of the like we were talking about with andrew of teaching the how versus the why you've done the doing uh teaching too much of the how already let's teach a little bit of the how but not all of it and uh, work people up that yes ladder cool i like it okay yeah work on the facebook and and, or i mean facebook (laughs) i'm addicted to it uh on the youtube presence and get that video together um okay cool cool thanks matt appreciate all right, it thank doc yep all right man all right guys well that's going to do it for this week's next level courses q a call appreciate everybody for joining me here live that are that is already a part of next level courses uh and those of you that will watch back the replay in the next level courses membership portal later on and a special thanks to all of you listening on the podcast because this is something we haven't really done before but I wanted you to get some insights on what these coaching calls are like. Just once again, I try to answer things as if, what if I were in your shoes? If I were in that particular situation, here, here's the steps that I would take. Everything that I heard from Matt, that's what I would, I would really focus on um, trying to diversify my traffic streams. And to start with, I would try to get some sort of like flagship video, um, really showing people what they could get out of uh, out of my process and out of what's working f- for me. Uh, a lot of the people that have come on the podcast that uh, have a main traffic source of YouTube have one or two like flagship videos that bring in most of their YouTube traffic. And so um, that's what I would do if I were Matt and so on. And so um, thanks for listening to this. If you want to get more information about being a part of Next Level Courses, then head over to the onlinecourseguy.com and up at the top, click on Next Level Courses for a very, very, very limited time you can actually get in by uh, signing up for an affiliate link product or two of mine, um, or there is a uh, $67 a month charge, which will increase um, definitely in the new year, but possibly sooner as well. So if you want to go ahead and get in um, while it's at the still like introductory price, you can do that now. Um, And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. So if you want to find the show notes and the links um, as usual, you can find that at oc.show slash 156. Thanks, everyone. Get out there and let's make some next level courses that transform and not just inform. See you next time. Uh-huh.